AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18 plus, new UK players only, minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply, begambleaware.org and please play responsibly. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. Zero point zero percent alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. Zero point zero percent alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shut That's good. <laughs> Welcome to episode 15, season 11 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Today I'm joined on the line by Ricky. What's happening? And we've got Big John Bass. How you doing, boys? Good, good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Just recovering from the weekend. My first big day out since lockdown. Um, oh, yeah? Yep, yep. Met up with the brothers on um, on Saturday just to, you know, to meet up, watch the game. You know, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Spurs are playing Crystal Palace. We haven't lost them since 2015 what could go wrong in that game surely if i mean a draw at least the very the bare minimum we can expect is a draw um and uh yeah just had to contemplate the existential crisis that is being a spurs fan at the beginning of our day out uh but luckily we didn't let the uh performance of tottenham Hotspur ruin the day although it did start off like i was looking around going is this gonna be all right should we all just sort of go home now um, but yeah, no, they, it was it was fine. I had a great day. I'm just about to, you know, just about over it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm back to sort of eighty, ninety percent of of prime <laughs> Gary Flavel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was good. But uh, how, how you boys been? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Not, not 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 as an eventful. Um day watching it as you just you know just watching aim on the tv but um yeah i was, I was surprised you put yourself forward for this episode because generally when spurs lose and certainly in, in um the latter part of last season you were just like non-existent you, you weren't like you weren't around it was almost like you'd gone through some levels of abuse and you just weren't ready to talk about it yet yeah um I, I, it's quite actually. It's funny that you picked up on that actually, because I thought I'd be in Sly Dog, but obviously no. not. <laughs> it, look, just hide, the, just fucking hide, mate. I ain't having fact, it. Given the fact you've been a part of the podcast since it started, I feel like I recognise your patterns now, Rick. Yeah, um, no, I was just, I just, yeah, I just weren't having it, mate. I just weren't feeling it. The reality is that yeah, you just you just didn't want to. So I was quite surprised, and I, you know, it's been it's been percolating in my brain like why you were sort of just saying yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. And is it because you've everything that you, you feared would happen is coming true? No, not uh, not really. I, I I wanted to come on to kind of um, try and bring uh, some some balance to what's going on and on the streets of Twitter and personal WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. And it's, um, All right, there's tell, a lot just of... tell, tell, yeah, what, what's, what's going on based on what you've seen, 
since the game. What, what's what's been going on in your WhatsApp groups and in um, you know on Twitter? What what, what, what do you think the mood is? Yeah, uh, it's it's quite. I mean, it's quite low, and I, and I think it's because. Well, I mean, obviously we lost three 0 That's never uh, never a great uh, result. Losing three 0 to anyone, um, it's embarrassing, and I just think as well. A lot of people were were all pissed off that are the 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 free free man midfield of Skip Winks and Hoybier, like three kind of traditional uh, defensive midfielders. It shows no intent whatsoever um, that you want to go out and and win the game. There's no creativity there. There's no kind of uh, trying to get on the front foot of anything really. All true, yep. And, which I, I completely accept and. Uh, I've got no arguments about that, but like we're you know we're missing a lot of players. I mean, if you although like I, I just don't know who else we, we would have played in that in that uh, midfield. <clears throat> the only th- the only thing thinking back now is that we have been playing Hubier, Skip, and Delhi. So should Delhi have been dropped back, and then we could have put, uh, brought on Hill? Yep. Um, uh, to to be a bit more. Attacking, but then for me, Delhi in that three, um, I think it does cow on uh, on the best part of his game, where he, he he's just like drifting around and sneaks into space uh, in the final third of the pitch. And um, I don't think he's been like uh, you know that creative in, in that role. There, he's you know popping up in places, but I, I I think even I don't know. I just don't, I don't know how much of effect <clears throat> if. Delhi had dropped back into that three that it, it would have done any good. I mean, Lacelso definitely would have. Um, and he was unavailable, same as Romero, Sanchez, Son, Bergwijn. And then after, like, we've, uh, we're playing and we've got Dyer and we've got uh, Tanganga as our, as our centre backs. I mean, already I'm feeling a little bit apprehensive about that. But, you know, they're the only players that you've got, so you've got to go on with that. And then after, like, 12, 13 minutes, Dyer goes off injured, and Roden and Tanganga, two youngsters, two inexperienced, are, are you know, are leading the line for us um, at the back. And then you've got... Um... <laughs> are you going to leave anything for us, or are you going to do the whole game? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just, uh, I've got a lot to say, man. I've just got a oh, lot no, to God, say. You get it no, all no, off no. your chest, and we'll pick it apart. Go on, what else? Uh... Yeah, no, no, I will, I will stop, I will stop. Uh, yeah, at least I'll, I'll leave some for you boys as well. You, you've basically uh, done my entire running order. I'm watching it like, like tick, tick, tick. Oh uh, shit! Sorry, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't check the running order because you know, I'm only so... mucking, mate. I'm only mucking. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. That everything you just said, you broke down all the reasons why there are caveats to any kind of misery that people might be having here, and I understand it. It comes off the back of free results that were uninspiring although they were all free wins uh, and then you go into this game with you know half your, your first team out um, an absolutely disastrous uh, international break where would have definitely hampered the man- any manager's plans for the next game he didn't know what was happening you got players fucking off to other parts of the world that they shouldn't be going to right now um, it, there's some truth between us allowing allowing those players to go and and them just leaving of their own free will. And whatever it is that that was that was madness to have like you know the, the, those three players go and, and us not be able to to navigate their journey back to 
England without issue uh, that didn't involve them going to play in fucking Croatia or training Croatia for 10 days. Just fucking madness. Mad. They should never have been allowed to go. There should have been a, a foot put down and said, look, you're not going. You're absolutely not going. But anyway, he was left in a situation where we, um, you know, it would have been difficult to prepare. But John, going back to what Ricky started with, that midfield, regardless, and there were other options that could have happened, that midfield was so uninspiring. And you're just kind of thinking... Well, let's just see what might happen. It might work. He might figure. You know, he might have a plan. And when it within twenty minutes, it was clear that though we looked defensively sound, there was nothing going forward. Um, you know what? what surely that it's fair that criticism. It, it is fair. Like the, I think, like there's there's got to be a way to like separate the differences between like critiquing someone's like performance one off and then basically. And taking the next leap, which is like, he's fucking shit forever. Get him out of my club. Like, it's okay to go, he got it wrong on the day and, like, it didn't work and needed a rethink. That's completely reasonable take. I think it's just the, the knee-jerkiness of, like, yeah, club's rotten to the core, where it's have over. You, have you seen this that? Is... Have you seen that? Boys, have you seen that? Like, people... Because when Spurs lose, I just stay away from Twitter because it just makes me feel worse. So, have, have you seen people saying, like, Nuno's got to go, like, at that level? Or they're just like, I could... What, what, what is the feeling out there? I've seen I've I seen mean, a few tweets of a uh, levy out and stuff like that. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I just uh, look. I get it, man. I get it. People are people are sore, man, from that loss. I am. Like, I, I feel it. Yeah, I just it. like everyone else. It's it's awful. But I kind of have to. Yeah, I have to weigh it up. Like we're saying, you know, everyone away on internationals. People are injured and stuff like that. And yeah, that. Uh, that midfield three was completely uninspiring, and I didn't really think like what what are you going to get from that? Um, and yeah, he he could have made uh, uh, again, like I mentioned, uh, Delhi dropping back into where he was playing and Hill up front, uh, front uh, in the front three, and then uh, Tangi was there, but like he hasn't had a he hasn't even had a minute in the conference uh, league or whatever it is. So he's never no, going to start that game, is he? He's never going to start it. Um, disappointed, he didn't he? Didn't have a little uh, maybe a ten minute cameo or something like that. But I mean, I just I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Uh, although that was hugely disappointing, I'm not gonna you know lose, lose my shit. shit. Yeah. yeah, just swipe it all in the bin. Sorry, John. Yeah. I jumped. I jumped on what you was about to say, John. No, I'll just like just on this same thought. It's it's funny because like after the game, I was raging. Like you just annoyed. I mean, I was like doing a bit of a like old school eighties dad, like standing up in front of the TV, like just kicking cushions around the living room, like proper annoyed. And then like afterwards, like the next the next morning, I was listening to like a podcast and they were talking about the game. And there was one bit in it that initially raged me up, and then it actually like made me feel a lot better, which was um, that. Uh, Edward, whatever his name is, Odson Edward, who come on and scored the two goals, right? And they genuinely were talking about him being a great signing, right? Based based on what he did in that game. So we are now at a point in football punditry where genuinely 13 minutes is enough to judge a player and the quality of that signing. He may never score for that club again, but they were prepared to be like, fuck it, on that 13 minutes, what a signing. So much so they started they started talking about maybe the uh, English Premier League clubs need to start taking the Scottish League more seriously and start looking <laughs> at the scouting network. And they were, they were talking about for 20 minutes about what a great signing it was and how like British clubs should be looking at Scottish clubs for their next like big signing. 
So when that exists in football punditry, that concept of like after 13 minutes, whatever the fuck it was, that that whole conversation spawned, managers like Nuno have got no fucking chance because he's won three games in a row. Granted, it was underwhelming. Granted, we did have all the players. But this is a game where it was fucking awful. Like he had, he had opportunities to change it and he didn't. He got it wrong completely, right? His, the, the cards he had were pretty limited and he played them really badly. It's a double whammy. Mm. It's not always going to be like that. And I think to like judge him and like throw the baby out with a bathwater over one result, which is what it is right now, I think it's just way too extreme. I think people are like entitled to be frustrated, but like just take a step back and let's just have a bit of calm and let's see where it goes from here. I think people are, are, are thinking about what's coming next with Arsenal and Chelsea. And, and they're like, well, there's still this mentality from, from, from a section of our support that's like, well, we're going to lose against Chelsea. And, you know, Arsenal might beat us. Wipe your bum, be positive, and think maybe we can, we can get something out of those games. Because if you, no, no one expected us to get anything from the City game. And we could have beaten them more than, than, than 1-0. Same with Wolves. As, as good as Wolves were, there were opportunities in that game to, to really um, underline the... the the performance we had in the last sort of 20 minutes where we could have scored more. And, you know, Watford was something else. Um, you know, it's just one of them ones. But the, 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 I think people are looking at those results, maybe looking at the fact that statistically we haven't been fantastic, but there are improvements in our game and it's too early to judge. Like if, if by Christmas we're still playing this football and it's still unexciting and it's still... Um, defensive-minded and we're not scoring goals, then 100%. Like, that's a conversation we should be having because he's only on a two-year contract. It's not like he's been given three or four years or, you know, Klopp got a really long contract. It's not like... It's not that. We've got essentially a short-term manager here and if we need to get rid of him at the end of this year because it isn't good enough, then we're in a really good position to do that. But he's four games in. He's still trying to... He's still trying to, like, obviously, the, the tactical machine that is going to be in play at Spurs and how we play out through the season isn't going to be fully developed and complete after four games, especially when one of those games is against Manchester City. And the other game um, was up against a, a Wolves, Wolves side that was so much better than I think anybody anticipated. And then the other game where it was mitigating circumstances that, you know, we... Uh, you could you couldn't circumnavigate. The, there are though, as we said, all three of us have now said that there are questions about what he should have done. I think as fans, we wanted to see. I think if you remove all the problems that a manager like any any Premier League manager has to deal with, we wanted to see Ndombele in that midfield instead of Winks, and we wanted to see. Or if Ndombele wasn't going to start because he wasn't fit, Dele in midfield with Hill up, uh, as part of the front three, and you'd feel like we'd have a little bit more about us. The biggest problem about this midfield and how, like, it was, you know what it is? It's why people are angry, I think, and why people are looking at it is as soon as you saw the lineup, you thought, oh, fuck, I know what this is going to be. And then it played out. That's the problem. It just, it just played out, you know. And by the time the sending off happened, which was on, what, 60? Something like that? 59? Yeah. You know, most managers don't change their team before 60 minutes anyway. And we looked pretty defensive sound. And I felt like the changes were going to come. Like he was going to make a change. He, he understands football better than any of us, right? So he was going to make a change at some point. And then Tanganga got sent off. And 
we're down to 10 men and, and everything changes really. You're not going to put on Brian Hill to you know, defend from the front line, I wouldn't imagine. Um, yeah, so I, I felt like Nuno was a bit unlucky, but he kind of he made a rod for his back by playing that midfield. I don't know if you want to add on anything to that, Rick. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. And I think with that midfield three as well, like their natural positions, they, whatever you do, and no matter how far forward you want to play, Huybier or um, Skip or whoever, um, that they're always just going to, uh, they're always going to, because of the position they play, they're all, they're all, they're naturally just going to fall further back and back and back. And then, and then, then midfield opens up. And there's a ma- massive chasm between uh, Kane and uh, and our and, and front three and our, and our midfield. And you could tell by like by Kane's body language that he wasn't getting any service. He wasn't getting any balls to him. <laughs> His body language to me was was, was like him saying, "What the fuck am I yeah, still doing here?" <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what what do you expect me to do? Like, I, it was just like fucking. He, great. Yeah, but he he was he was. I mean, I know he didn't get much opportunity, but he you know he didn't. He, and maybe it was against the tactics, but he could have. I perhaps I don't know. I, I don't want to. It's a guess about not being knee jerk. You kind of second guess what you sh- what you what you're about to say, and you should do that. You should sort of sit back and go. Actually, what is what I'm about to say going to be helpful at all? But I wanted Kane to be to try and grab the the, the game by by the horns. Yeah, and um, he didn't do that. But maybe he was asked to, to stay up top because it was never going to happen. I don't know. He did have <clears throat> didn't have any pace anywhere on the pitch. But yeah, she's one of them. We have got a problem though because. Let's let's just take for example this this game in isolation, right? And we we're like, well, we know that we've got players missing, so in other words, he can't pick Lacelso, right? Which which means that he's got a choice to basically play if you want to play like three in midfield like we have been playing. It's either Delhi, Skip, and Hoiberg, or Skip, Hoiberg, and Winks, which is what he went for, right? Tangi has not played all season, so what is the other alternative? The the issue that we've got is we don't have very good midfielders. We don't actually have enough choice. And the choices that we have got are quite limited. Like, Winks and Skip are quite similar. I think Skip is much better than Winks. Winks has really lost his way. I, again, I don't want to like, completely dig him out. I think I've done it a few times. I think everyone has. He just He's just not it, is he? Right, so now, now let's take him away and go, right, let's assume he's not good enough. So let's just, like, take him out of the conversation. That leaves you two holding midfielders and, in theory, like, two attacking midfielders. The Celso has never done it consistently like I think he's got the ability but he's never really done it so if you're Nuno you're not going to be like oh I can't wait to play him like this I've got this world beater in my team that I'm ready to drop in the mix right he's never really done it and Endombele the same like great like he's amazing talent but he's got no application as of right now and also at that moment in time wasn't available so I don't think it was even really like Nuno's fault in terms of like selection like all right, you switch you switch Delhi and put Hill up front and put Delhi in the field. Does that really change the way we're playing in that game? I don't think it does, and I think that's I think, the biggest I mean, issue. Is like he's got no choices about. But he, but if he'd have done that and we'd have lost, then people would be less critical. I think, but maybe that doesn't mean that he's wrong. <laughs> you know, it's just so he, he wouldn't have done exactly what all of us fans wanted him to do, and 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 there's a reason why we're not manager or a fan isn't a manager right? true could i just say to you though like for both of you like would you have let's let's say up until the tanganga sending off right it was nil nil it was a 
dog shit performance, like we were we were under the cosh, weren't we, a little bit, right? If we'd have won that one nil, how would you feel about that? Playing exactly like that, just nicked one on the counter or scored from the <laughs> corner, one one nil. Rick, what how would you have felt? Uh Obviously, I would have been uh, elated and not given a shit. But then when you think about it, the games that have gone before us, uh, we haven't really covered ourselves in glory at all. Um, personally, I'm not really feeling this 4-3-3, really. Um, I feel like... I feel uh, I kind of feel like that... Um, Nuno has been not not told, but it's been like obviously you know Delhi Delhi is an asset, and like he has been uh, shunned the previous season by uh, by Jose. So it's kind of like get him fit and firing, get him in your team. Put him, doesn't matter where, but you need you need to kind of you need to be playing playing him. He's he's, he's too good not to. And I just don't, I really don't rate him in 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 that. Uh, Three man midfield at all, and I'd I'd like to see him play higher. But then, who who do you move around, and uh, and what do you do? Well, this is one it's... of the questions about him, isn't it? Is is that Delhi seems like a a formation player, and the four three three doesn't feel like it will suit Delhi Ali. Um, and I think if you have to play him, it's got to be in that midfield free rather than up top. Um, but it was all his best time came under Pochettino when it was the four two three one, and he was sort of filling in that number 10 behind and swap swapping Verricks and, and, and filling the space with Harry Kane. So yeah, it, he's a, it, he is that. It, yeah, you're right. I mean, what do we do with him? But I felt like the performances against Wolves and Manchester City, especially he was worthy of his place. It's just, he, I think all of us are waiting for him to be that player. He was, you know, four years ago. And I don't think we're ever going to see that again, ever. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess the point, I, like the reason I asked that question is because looking at the selection and looking at the way we've been playing and Jose was playing a similar way, right? And and again, I'm not knee-jerking with Nuno, but it does look like he's gone, looked at the squad and gone, okay, like certainly in the short term, I'm going to have to play a bit pragmatically. Maybe it's just because we don't have the players to play progressive, like possession-based football. And I've always been like, oh, it's just it's just a tactic. They're professionals. They should be able to play like a number of different styles. But like, maybe they can't. Like, I'm just coming round to this view of this rebuild is also a rebuild in terms of getting the right personnel that can play a different way. Because we don't have midfielders that can play at the minute who can actually keep possession and tip the game over. Like, I just don't think we've got good enough technicians in the midfield to play that way. Because it's it can't be a coincidence that these... Managers are playing that way. And even at the end of Poch's era, he was going a little bit more direct and just bypassing the midfield because Wanyama and Dembele's legs had gone. So I just I just wonder if we have to be, and it's horrible to say because we've all paid money into the club, but we might have to be like really patient with this rebuild and it's going to yeah, be a lot what, longer than this season. What? How long are we going to be talking about a rebuild? Like we've bought four, 14 players since Pochettino left. It's not, there isn't, this isn't a rebuild, I don't think. It's not a transition. It's just where we are. This is based on the players we've signed. You know, I don't know how long this rebuild is going to be going on. We're spending money. We're, we, you know, we're putting, we put a lot of money into, um, you know, bringing in loan transfers and and Dombele and Lacelso, and we bought Hoybier, we bought Romero for our transfer record. Um, you know, that we it's not like we haven't done enough to see some sort of progress. And I feel like there is something. I, I, I think the worry I think everyone's having, John, right, is 
we've gone through 18 months of really pragmatic football under Jose Mourinho and are we going to have to stomach Nuno's pragmatism as well and I think that's the worry because it's like I think we talked about what, where would we finish at the beginning of the season like where are we happy to finish and I, I said 7th or 6th at the beginning I think as long as I enjoy the ride and the worry based on the first four performances forget the points total is are we going to see are we going to be pragmatic counter-attacking football which is not what any of us want to see unless it wins us the league or wins us a cup which you know it's unlikely to do if Jose Mourinho couldn't do it then, then perhaps Nuno isn't going to do it so I think that's the worry I think that that's where the concern comes from I'm not talking about the people on Twitter who are Fry, like frying their toys out of pram saying oh my god Enoch fucking they've done they've fucked the bed and fucked the bed <laughs> they've shit the bed <laughs> they've shit the bed and Nuno isn't good enough he should never be I'm not talking about that section of the support because that you know after four games is completely knee joke but I do I do feel like there isn't there's a there's a conversation to be had about the fact that we don't want to see pragmatic football and I'm sure there is a manager out there that could have got a better brand out of football if this is what Nuno's going to do, and it may not be the case. Like I said, we, we've made... For me... Sorry, go on. No, 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 finish. Uh, so I think um, like Nuno's coming to, coming to uh, Tottenham. He came in pretty late. Um, and there was all that fanfare of, of getting the manager and then getting players. And uh, and it's been, it's been a real busy time. And everything's still bedding in and stuff. And I think he's just said to himself and the team to be pragmatic, pragmatic. Be consistent, ground out, ground out the the results, get the points, and for the first three games, you know, we we got all we got like maximise the points, and coming out into this international uh, period uh, and the injuries and stuff like that, I think it's just been quite unlucky, <clears throat> and I think maybe for another few more games we'd still be pretty pragmatic in our approach because. We're still on that journey and the players are still gelling and people are still finding their feet and stuff. And maybe he has a plan like for the for the, the you know the, the second part of the season to be a bit more um offensive and to play uh, to play a bit more. And I think with what we've heard from Nuno and what we've seen, yeah, he has been pretty defensive uh, in his setup, but maybe this is the time that he is gonna try it and go on the front foot because he has some great players there. And I just think if, just imagine we'd started the season and we were like, you know, swashbuckling Tottenham, all guns blazing. And we come out of that and we played really well and exciting, but, you know, we had four points. Yeah. And we were like, we were mid-table or down the bottom, but at least we played well. But yeah, but I, I think for me, I'd rather have the points on the board and be where we are and then look to do something a bit later on. Let's, you know, we, we haven't even had games where Romero's been starting and he's like started five games in a row and he's like the best centre-back from Serie A and mm. just waiting for these players and, and you know, maybe uh, Tanga is going to turn a corner and how, how is he get, how's the team going to be when he's had like seven games in a row? You know, there's, there's just the different things this... that fast forward for a few games where we've picked up a bit of rhythm and there's some consistency and people know where they're playing and know where they stand. And I think things might be different. There may not be. It might be fucking pragmatic until the end. And then we're all like, no, I won't say, I won't say the next bit. But uh, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I can't, I, I can't allow myself at the moment to be that 
uh, down in the dumps about. And although that um, that that game was shite, I believe better things are to come. Really, look if you look, it, um, you know, we're talking about like people talking about progress. It, the progress doesn't just come with one area of the pitch. Like our defence for large parts of last season was dog shit. No matter how defensive Jose Mourinho had us playing, it wasn't good. Like we were conceding goals for parts of that season. And we looked all over the place. And the idea of Dyer and Sanchez starting the beginning of this season was unthinkable. It was it was like that, that was like we need two centre backs. The reality is that Sanchez and Dyer have been together our best players, you know, consistently over those games. No one's outperformed both of those players. Like like they've just been solid eights out out like across the across the three games before this one. Sanchez isn't available for this. Dyer gets injured after 11 minutes from, from a silly sort of rollout from, from Lloris. And then you suddenly got a centre-back a, a four that has never played together. You've got Roden, Tanganga in, in a centre-back position that he's never played this season. I know he's naturally a centre-back. You've got Royale, Royale who's, who's making his debut. And you've got Reguillon, who has, who's never played with, that, with those other three players before. And up until the sending off... We were defensively absolutely sound. There was no issue. Absolutely no issue. They didn't even look like scoring, in my opinion. They had more of the ball, but defensively we were sound. So that part of the game, our game, is it feels like whatever he's drilled into them tactically and, and drilled into them what they what's expected of them on the pitch in terms of these are the things you have to do well, it seems to be working. And if you can turn... Sanchez and Dyer into our starting two centre-backs in the eight weeks or nine weeks that he's had with them, then that's progress in that area. His next job, and I, I'm happy to see it, and it's fine if we're, we're winning by small margins by being defensively secure. Again, judge him in at Christmas if, if the football is still boring, if we're not creating chances. But at the moment, he's having to fix things that were broken before and so far, he's done that. And he's done... And bearing in mind, he doesn't have what what um, Jose Mourinho had last year, last year, which is a fully fit and committed Harry Kane and a fully fit and committed Huminson. They've played 60 minutes together in four games. He, did, they, he didn't have the, that, that attacking outlet. And remember how many goals came from them two in the first part of the season where we're defending deeply and we were relying on the quality of them two. Yeah. So... Also, a bail right to call on in moments like where you need a goal, right? Yeah. We've we've lost that output, and we spoke towards the end of the season about I can't remember how many got he got in the end, but it was like way into double figures. Bail, and it's mm. like that's one of those games, right? The first half, let's say Bale scores and it's one nil, then we dig in, and then you don't know where it goes from there. So yeah, look, it's 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 frustrating, like we said, but if we'd have just stunk out the place and got a one nil, we'd be going, oh, five first team is not available inexperienced team going away from home getting a good result that's four wins on the bounce another clean shit we'd have been beaming about it and we would have forgotten about the way we're playing and it just gets highlighted because yeah fundamentally it was when the wheels come off they they properly fell off but there's a lot of mitigating circumstances well, around one, that game one of the mitigating circumstances John was when Tanganga um, bowled over uh, we won't come on to his sending off just yet because we'll, mm. we'll do it in a couple of minutes but yeah, he he literally just launched Zaha off the ground, which I, it, I mean, he was going to get done there. So I'd rather him do that, much rather him do that than smash him or or um, 
you know, wait and just track him and then bring him down in the box. He did the right thing. And Zaha's reaction was like, it's like he, it's like someone had stuck a finger up his ass. And it was like, he was like, I'm, I've been violated. It's, and Tango was like, and Tangang responded like, yeah, I did. I did do that. It's like, it was un- completely mental and unnecessary. It, it, no one put a finger up your ass. You were just pushed over on a football pitch. And what I loved about it, because it was so pre, it was such a prima donna and so sort of, oh my God, how dare you? I was going through blah, 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 blah. Tango was just like, pussy yo. <laughs> the fucking absolutely it loved it but it was yeah. clear it was clear John wasn't it that his head had gone because he you know he was amped up massively like if if, if um, Sergio Ramos had done that he would have laughed and walked away and just left the other guy furious and him calm but yeah. Tangangarini's youthfulness and probably you know yeah just his youthfulness I won't expand on that on his youthfulness he, he's just he's just um He's, he's allowed his temperament to rise to the same level of that Zaha's had, and they were both furious. And Tanganga's position in this instance relies so much more on concentration and positional awareness. And Zaha's position is a lot about awareness and um, instinct. Not awareness, sorry, just instinct. So it kind of felt like we were at a disadvantage by that altercation, but I kind of loved it at the same time. Yeah, man, I, I got really caught up in the emotion of it because it all started with Lucas getting what what looked like at the time a foul. On the replay, I was a bit like, oh, I was one of them. But at the time, I was like, well, he's just smashed Lucas. Lucas is fucked on the floor. It was in their half. There wasn't like an attack on. So they could have just kicked it out, right, to give him. They don't have to. But when you're like a Spurs fan and the other team don't kick it out, you Larry, and when it's you, you're, you're fine. So I was shouting at the screen, oh, fucking right, someone just smash someone, just end someone, just make a point of the fact that they could have kicked out and didn't. So when it got to Tanganga, I don't think he was getting skinned. He chose the thug life. He was like, right, as soon as he gets near him, I'm going to fucking hammer him. Because his body shape, as soon as he gets it, he wasn't thinking, oh, I've just got to track him. And then he was like, oh, he's doing me, so I'll do him. He was just setting up to body check him. Yeah. He smashed him, and in that moment, I was buzzing, right? But what I didn't realise is that that was not just from a booking perspective and a football perspective. It was a massive mistake, and it had massive implications on the rest of the game because we were doing actually quite a good job of sort of bringing their quite loud and noisy and pretty good support and bringing it down so it was quite flat, and that just massively lifted, and the game completely changed. And I think that um, Tanganga, he will learn. I mean, that will actually really help him in the long term, what happened in that game. Because you're right, if that is like a Ramos or like a more experienced centre-back, you they, they laughing, just go, right? I've won, I've won. You, you're rattled now. And you I'm just going to get back old. in shape. And I'm going wait, to wait until there's an opportunity for you to foul me. And I'm going to let you foul me. And I'm going to make a meal of it. And you're yes. going to get sent off. Yes, that's and exactly what done. But, but the, all of that being said, part of me is just like, with a player like Tanganga, who's like a local lad who loves the club, that, you're a fucking pussy old. Like that was me shouting that at the TV. That was me in the stands, like calling everyone a, a prick and a twat. Yeah, like, it, it was just he embodied the rage you get when you just you don't know why, but you're just angry at everyone. And I I had a lot of sympathy for him there. I think all the com- all the conversation around Tanganga would would have been about Sentinov and him losing his head, and that was mm. true, right? And but he is a young kid, and in that position, he, he he's going to put be put under pressure. But if you think about personality, the players that st- stood up in a in a in a, in a, in a, in a in a performance that wasn't great, that was uninspiring and very flat, Tanganga stood out for me. I thought he had a really yeah. good game. 
And he and he, he's, he's continually showing the personality of a player that I want to see playing for my football club. He may not be good enough um, technically, right? And maybe he'll have to learn more about what it might take to be a, a top centre back or a top right back, whatever it might be. But his personality and his application on the pitch is everything I want to see. He wanted everything. He wanted to win everything, and that's why I just that's, that uh, he's up for it. So the the red card doesn't matter. It matters in the short short scheme. But um, you know, if he learns from it, and if he can become a what, if he can learn how to game the system, you know, we're in this instance and not react. But it's hard, isn't it? Because he's a bloke, and you know, I'd imagine. Like I'm just I'm throwing out stereotypes here, but he comes from a rough area, right? Where you can't you can't be a wallflower. You 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 have to have a personality in order to not become a victim. And in that instance, it was put on him and he didn't back down. And Wilf Zahar is a proper name in the Premier League. He's been linked with Manchester United. He's been linked with Arsenal. He's been linked with all over the place, even linked with Spurs. In that moment, Tanganga was his level. He was like saying, all right, well, yeah, he was his level. He was, he was willing to match him. It's like, you're, you're, you're nothing to me. You're a pussy hole in his own words. Um, but like you say, John, he's, it, it, the next level is the psych- psychological part of it. Yeah. Is how do I manipulate this situation so it's going to benefit everybody um and that i think i guess if you think of ramos is he was he was just above it all and he's willing to manipulate everybody to get it and it was and, and i would say diego costa was the same as well i'm not saying you want to turn him into a cunt because that's what we're asking him to do <laughs> but if it benefits spurs mate crack on so we're going um, back on to uh, something quickly, what uh, what John just said about uh, the atmosphere. Um, it, it, you know, it, it was Palace's, I think it was Palace's second home game of the season, early kickoff, on TV, uh, sun shining, everyone's had a beer, and it's those type of games where the atmosphere is just going to be great anyway. Because people like fans are still like getting used to going back to the stadium. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's going to be buzzing. I'm not saying, oh yeah, it was the atmosphere. That's that, that's why we lost or anything. But it stuff like that does count. And what what I will say is that they they were behind Palace like for, throughout the game. And it's times like this that when you think when we've got Chelsea next, we got Chelsea on a Sunday late afternoon. That it's going to be decent, you know, fairly decent weather. We're all going to be in the boozer. We're going to get to that game, and it's going to be buzzing again. So like. Like we did against City, people didn't think we had a you know hope and else chance of beating City. It was amazing. The atmosphere was electric in the stadium, and it's going to be like that against Chelsea, and it's going to play a massive part. So it's not going to be like Chelsea going to come and they're just going to thumb pass and we've done another three points. Nah, I I ain't having that. I feel like it'd be a completely different side against Chelsea. Yeah, the team would be. I mean, Son's might you know they talk about Son. Not not being fit, but it will be a different side and a, a different sort of mentality. I hope. And um, you know, we're going to be talk. We, we do a big preview on the Patreon, Fighting Court Patreon. You can join us on the Patreon by the, Ricky. Always shouts me because I don't never do this properly, do I, Rick? The uh, <laughs> it's the uh, it's, it's Patreon dot com forward slash the Fighting Clock, and we have loads of great content behind the paywall. So come and give us money. Is that a fair? Should I say? Is that right? Rick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did yeah, I do that well or not? No, what? not really, mate. Oh, we'll have a talk no. offline. Oh, I don't it want to did... talk about it ever again. <laughs> it did sound a little bit like people are going to be signing up for the fighting clock. But... Did, did I, I say fighting clock? 
All right, yeah, we've got Patreon stuff. Please just uh, I can't do this with you. I can't do it. There's a preview. The pre- we've got a preview podcast we do behind the page. I'm much better at doing the content than I am pushing it. But um, yeah, preview. Oh, fuck this. We're doing a preview for the Chelsea game next week. Pay us money, you can listen to it. Is that good? That's brilliant. Spot that's, on. It's fucking terrible. Should we get onto some questions? Yeah, boy. Uh, just want to say, Denver Barr has just retired. Breaking news. Oh. I didn't even know you're still playing. <laughs> no, did I? Uh, <laughs> I've just seen it. Just thought I'd throw it in there. Got to love him for the uh, Gerard moment, though. Uh, we yeah, have got yeah, a question yeah. from Wale, which is important, not the Wale, um, but uh, a bloke called Wale on Twitter, and he says, "Has anyone ever seen Elton John without his wig on?" I mean, before he had a wig. Because he, he didn't always he have never a wig, didn't. did he? Well, when he, maybe in his well, early he 20s. He was born with a wig, was he? <laughs> I, he... Well, I, did, I, I did just say he's early 20s. He just jumped on it then. He's like, oh my God, what has he just said? Oh, I'm going to jump on it. Hey, um, any, any sign of weakness? He's <laughs> <laughs> right now. Born, born, born with a wig. <laughs> born with a little wig on. little toupee. Yeah. Um, I, um, I've just got tickets to go and see him next year. What? I mean... Yeah, just so just to explain, I'm not like a, I'm not a massive Elton John fan. There's like a few songs that I like of his that I think he's like, but it's just same. You know, same, there's same. there's a sort of a, there's a bracket, isn't there, of like artists, and they're they're rapidly diminishing. Like I put like Paul McCartney right in the mix, or like Stevie Wonder. It's like that generation. They're like there's only a few of them left, and he's in that bracket. So I'm like, well, fuck it, man. I'll go and no, see him. But no, you should, you should. Yeah, but I, 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 I wouldn't I'm a bit. Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate, well, I just wouldn't put, I wouldn't put Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney on the same level as Elton John. Like he's he's like chasms apart from their quality. Obviously, I knew this is coming. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, you right? cannot, you can, you can't not agree because I'm about to give you some facts, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Paul go. McCartney was made, you know, was was great and he was fantastic, but he needed the other guy, right? He needed John John Lennon, and as soon as John Lennon wasn't there, mm. it, it all fell to pieces, didn't it? With Wings, so um, so there, there's there's your problem, right? So to, to Elton John didn't have John Lennon, right? Didn't need him. Well, Stevie you Wonder, Torpin, Bernie Torpin. If, you, well, if you're no, getting into sh- specifics, about no, this. I mean, no, we're not. Uh, we're not getting into specifics here. I'm just making my point, and we'll move on, right? So and then, and then, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. If he wasn't blind, would anyone give a shit? I don't. Just think the so. budget, Ray Charles. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I mean, I, I guess you could say the same for Ray Charles. That's what I mean. So any I mean, any look- any blind musician should be. You know, you can't just say, "Oh, he's blind, so he's magic." Can't do it. It's about what you hear. <laughs> It's about what you hear, and true. you know if you look at on the internet, he he might not even be blind. Yeah, that is true. I mean, there is a you joke, but there is like a whole conspiracy theory about times where, like, he's been on stage and someone's like passed him a uh, like an award and he's like <laughs> yeah. grabbed for it and stuff. <laughs> and people go, see, see, I'm like he's just putting his hand out. Like, what do you? Uh, do you know what I I do I do joke. I I, I don't listen to. Stevie Wonder ever, but I I, I kind of, I get that there's there's so many people out there who really love him, and every time I bring that up, and I only do it to wind people up, and I've done it to you for, before, John. But I, you know James Alcott, who I do another podcast with, um, I've brought that up with him before, and he gets really angry with me, like proper angry, and I can't not do it anymore. But I do think his music's pretty um, 
so overrated, and I do think the blindness helped him. That's all I'm saying. And I'm saying, you use use what you've got to perpetuate yourself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, it's subjective what you like, isn't it? It's true. It's true. I mean, like, you know, I, I use my just general mass and size to create the illusion of power. Big John Bass doesn't work if I'm not big. So think about like that. Uh, Simon Fraser, he's got a question for us. He says, that was utter dog shit. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you, Simon. It was utter dog shit. Uh, was it worse, though, than the Brighton game under Poch? Um, early doors, but the early signings are with just as negative. Who knows? Um, what, was this performance worse than the Brighton game under Poch? Because both of them were bad. This is fresh. How do you rate it as as um, as bad as that game, the 3 0 when we lost and Lloris broke his elbow? I I'm gonna say uh, I felt like the the Poch Brighton one was worse because it is it is it was that that's when you know it's over you just knew after that that's kind of like if for me I heard put stuff down to oh it's this oh it's that oh you know there was there was a lot of excuses coming from my way because I just wanted Poch to stay and I thought he could turn it around and give him a bit of money and stuff and then after that game it was just such a lackluster performance from everyone there wasn't there was no trying it was just I just knew it was over from that point whereas this game I do genuinely believe because of the internationals uh, uh, and people being um, ineligible and people that have been injured and the players that we've had at our disposal and we are just finding our feet under Nuno um I, I still think there's 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 more to come. Well, there fucking better be more to come. Otherwise, Christ. Uh, John, Mo asks, uh, despite the obvious issues we already had, should we be more worried about Nuno not even trying to get back into the game with the subs or will he learn from this? Uh, I can't, uh, because I was so caught up in the emotion of the game. I can't remember the exact times when things happened, but I felt like the sort of sending off and that whole fracas sort of probably fucked up his plan. I feel like that was around the time when he was going to make a sub. So it's a bit of a an unknown as to what he would have done because let's say that doesn't happen, then he brings on like Tangi and, and Brian Hill and then we go and like nick it on the counter and, and win. Everyone's buzzing, like what great subs. But we never saw that. And as soon as you got a player sent off, like everything's out the window then. And you're certainly not bringing on like young wingers at that point. Like it's just not going to happen. Like that will never happen. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not particularly surprised that's what happened. But yes, I think maybe what will help him is the backlash is not around the result; it is around the performance. And so maybe he will be like, "Oh shit, maybe I just need to be a bit more like on the front foot anyway." Um, so we'll we'll see. I mean, look, we've got a couple of hard games coming up, so we'll see what happens. Really, let me ask you a question, Ricky. Um, if we'd have, I think it's reasonable to think that we could have beaten Chelsea to um, City two nil, given the chances we had. And um, we could have beaten Wolves towards the end. We had chances 2-0. And there were times we could have scored against Watford and beaten them 2-0. Yeah. Wouldn't have changed the points. Wouldn't have changed the performance. It would have just changed. In that moment, in the, when the game's about inches, we would have scored rather than we didn't score. And we'd have had, you know, three 2-0s on the bounce. And then we had this one. Would that have changed anything? It's a good. It's a good question. I don't think. Uh, like, I don't think it would have changed anything in the way that how we're viewing our performances. But it certainly it the how we're discussing it right now. 
we would have been discussing it further along the line, really. But yep. it's just because we have scraped it for uh, the one nils that that you know we are discussing it now. I just think it's um, it's brought it to the fore that quicker, really. True enough, John. Anything to add? No, I totally agree with what Rich just said. I think that's exactly what it is. So there's no need to um, go into any more deets on that one. Manny says, uh, Jaffet versus Tanganga in a fight to the death. Who wins? Jaffet versus Tanganga. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I don't know why he said... Why didn't he say... <laughs> sorry. Yeah, well, if Jaffet Tanganga had to fight himself, who would win to the death? No, um, oh. it was Jaffet... <laughs> when you said that, I was like, I hope he goes to John first because I don't know what he means. <laughs> it was a question. It was a question from Manny that says, Jaffet versus Saha. And this is the issue, right? Is this what he's done here is because, because Tanganga plays for us, he's used his Christian name like he's mm. his mate. Like, and I do it too. Like, we all do it when players... Like, there are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, Brian or fucking Jaffet or Harry. Talking about Harry Kane. Doesn't love us, hates us. Stop using his mm. Christian name. His name Kane from now on. Anyway. Mr. Kane. Mr. Kane. Mr. Kane. Not even that. That's too... Too too nice, if anything. Too nice. Just Kane. That's it. Do your Kane. job. Kane. So that's that's where my head's gone here. But um, Jaffet Tanganga versus Zaha in a fight to the death. Who wins? Um... I mean, they I both showed quite... equal energy, didn't they? There was like it's quite close. Yeah, I, I thought um, Zaha was giving off quite bitch energy, though. I thought he what? was kind of like looking for slaps and like, like complaining to the like he was he was doing the classic like hold me back, bruv, hold me back. Like where's the ref? Where's the ref? Hold me back. Whereas Tanganga was like just gripping him up, like I'm gonna fucking squeeze you like the last little bit of mustard in the in the tube, like. He was just getting around the back, and he was no like, one. No fucking... one wants mustard that much. No one squeezes. Like I get like a bit of ketchup or a toothpaste from the from the thing, Fine. but no, no one I've, squeezes I've, the last bit of mustard. No one does that. I've exposed my own fetish for mustard there, haven't I? I should have got ketchup. That's or mayo. I reckon like, oh, mustard. Everyone's like, at least freak. seven times a year. John is really rolling up, squeezing the last of his mustard just to get it on his cornflakes. <laughs> I'm not joking, right? Re, re uh, fucking flipped out of me one day because we've done a massive Tesco shop, right? And we we're like loading up the fridge, and she's pulling out like shit that's just been in the back for ages, right? Four <laughs> pots of mustard, three of them were full. So I'm just like, I don't know whatever it is, but every time I do a Tesco order, I'm like, make sure we got mustard. Like, do you know what? Is, when I, I is go the down, mustard on there, I go down the condiment aisle, and it's my favourite aisle because it's generally, it's generally sort of teamed up with canned goods. And maybe sort of sort of pasta sauces and stuff. That that aisle is sure. the best in the supermarket, hundred percent. But I can't walk down the condiment aisle without picking one up. And my, the, the, have you? Did you? When you was down for my birthday, Rick? Did you look in the fridge? Yeah, I did. So, yeah. Was it you who talked about the condiment level on the top top shelf, or was someone else? I can't remember. Well, we, we, we've spoken about it before because I get in fucking mad grief with my missus as well. The condiment shelf is. Are part of it. I'm not saying R as men, it's anyone who loves condiments. The top shelf in a fridge is where condiments go, and you're not a proper condiment fan if it isn't fucking full to the brim with gone off condiment. Yeah. You're just not. Um, so I feel your pain, John. Yeah. So, I mean, look, pick your condiment of choice, right? Wherever it is. Imagine you just want that little, last little bit on your sandwich or on your dinner or whatever, and you just Don't can't run get out. out. That's how much he was gripping up Zaha, was my point, right? And Zaha couldn't do shit about it. And to a certain extent, he showed a bit of uh, restraint there. Because if that was just like throwing hands, I feel like Tanganga's just, just going to smash him to bits there. 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm team Jaffet would smash Tanganga. <laughs> uh, can I just go back to the condiments thing before we move on with the questions? We've got a couple more before we finish. Um, what is what? what when are you most aggrieved when you've run out of a certain condiment where you're about to eat the meal that needs the condiment with it? What condiment is that that makes you think, for fuck's sake? I've got to say, uh, just just while you think, because I've just thrown that on you. If you're having a roast dinner and there isn't any horseradish, I'm fuming. Well, I, d- I don't have horseradish with my with my roasty, so you're not a man. I can't really. No, what really is it? Yeah, that, is that... Cool. yeah, the horseradish is the the. I'm I'm, I'm really uh, conscious about sort of. Fuck it, horseradish. You're not a man if you don't have horseradish with your uh, your condiment, and you're the best kind of woman if you do. Uh, what are you what are you having it with on your on your roast as well? Well, well you're just dipping everything in it. Yes, it just goes. So, so you 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 got your knife and fork, right? You get your little bit of um, your, your roast potato, maybe a bit of cauliflower cheese if you're lucky, um, and uh, you know whatever you might might want to put on there. Roast carrots. Roast carrots are my favourite part of a roast dinner. And then you just put a little. Just get your knife. Just put it and just spread a little bit of horseradish along the top. It's like the finishing garnish. So like, roast, yeah. roasted carrots are the favourite part of a of a Sunday dinner. For me, I love roast carrots. Like, no, I love oh, them. mate, you're a dickhead, bruv. What's, <laughs> you what's yours shit, then? What's, what's, well, no, mate, I'm you, a pussy you, what? You've got York, you've got Yorkshire pudding. You've got stuffing. You've got roast potatoes yes. all over those, mate. Like, and you're you're choosing like some oven done like carrot, mate. Wasteman. No, it's not oven yeah. done. It's it's it's, it's um you've, you you've you've got your carrots sliced long ways. Um, yeah. You've got mustard seeds, uh, olive oil, and uh, yeah, stick it in the oven. Bit of black pepper when it comes out. Mate, it's the way to eat carrots. I bet, I'll tell you what you do, Rick. You, you stink. You stink of a man who boils his carrots for a roast, roast dinner. Yeah, you, I do. Oh, you yeah. are a pig. You, you, you are the lowest of the low, Rick. I've always loved you, but I've, I've never hated you ever. But right now, I hate your guts. You That's boil fucking... carrots. No, it ain't fine. Yeah, it's not fine. Yeah, does, it your, does my opinion mean of you mean nothing to you? That that can't be no, fine. No, if you... Not if you cho- not if you pick carrots over Yorkshire pudding stuffing. I'm not picking a boiled carrot over over those things. I'm picking a, ro- a, a proper roasted carrot. Over. It does carrot matter. Is not, carrot is not even the best root based vegetable in a roast dinner. If if you ain't having a parsnip, well, pa- oh, God, yeah, dinner, you have yeah, lost it, bro. Parsnip smashes. Honestly. Parsnip is Jaffet, Tanganga, and Zaha is the carrot. Because no, I, I wouldn't go with the honey glaze. Right. Oh, I forgot about the honey glaze. Yeah, that goes <laughs> on there as well. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm saying. No, but no, that's what I'm saying. The honey glaze, the honey glaze carrot, and the honey glaze parsnip are a major part of a roast dinner. If, I, if someone's dropping a roast dinner on my, my lap, right, and and the and the parsnips and the carrots are not roasted with the honey glaze and the and the, and the mustard seeds and uh, black pepper, then it's less of a roast dinner. Correct. Than it, 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 than otherwise, Rick. Correct. Yeah, Rick. You, Rick. That, you do have to have a word. Don't yourself. agree. Don't, don't, don't agree. What I will say, my condiment of choice is yeah. uh, garlic and herb mayo uh, with a pizza. Like literally, I, I'll <laughs> like, if I if I have a pizza and there's no garlic and herb mayo, I, I'll, I'll, I'll genuinely I'll cry. Mate, I, like, you, it's I, heartbreaking I, that Ricky, those I know. two can't go together. I would be so annoyed. Like for days after, it'd be worse than Tottenham losing, honestly. For real, like, actually. For, for just oh, like like I I think your level of condiment is 
you know, childish. But, but if you're having a pizza, it's got to be garlic and herb. It's not, yeah. like, it's people that, I don't know what they do. Someone put ketchup with a pizza once, so that can't be on. Anyway, yeah, got a question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got a question from oh, fuck's sake uh, Kidabia Ponytail Kidabia Ponytail uh, more of a comment than a question my patience with Nuno lasted until his first defeat <laughs> which is wow. you know, sums up football Twitter uh, yeah. and that is mostly down to Mourinho's legacy so there is a caveat I just don't have the patience to put up this type of football anymore wonder if others are like this there's tons like it and we, we've, we've touched on that earlier but I, you know I agree if you understand why you don't want to see defensive football anymore and um, you know we'll see we'll see what happens but uh, it's a bit early to judge him got another one from Giovanni Van Kale Kane sorry <laughs> thinking of fucking food uh, Nuno Balls is bo- Nuno Ball is uh, boring to watch we are fortunate to win three wins one nil I don't agree that we were fortunate to win but there we have it. Uh, got another depressing one from Dave. Uh, four games in, we haven't moved forward in terms of our style or performances since last season. Kane doesn't want to be there. Many new seasons are young. Many new signings are young and unlikely to make an immediate impact. That said, what is a realistic good achievement for Nuno this season? All right. So he's. I, I, I like what Dave's question about because I was reading it. I was thinking, oh, fucking hell, Dave. Come on. Like, let's just find some semblance of, of way of moving forward because we can't change any of this shit. We are living in this thing and, and, and living with this thing that directly impacts how we how much we enjoy our lives. So the best thing we can do is try and find the positive in every moment. And what Dave has done is actually looked forward and thinking, maybe something might come from this season. I'm thinking Dave might think we've, we're going to finish 10th. But I'm also thinking maybe he's asking us to guide him to something a little bit more optimistic than 10th in the league. What's the best you can think, Phil? What's the best you can uh, you can predict for this season, Rick? Uh, I am going to go with fifth. I think fourth is uh, above my expectation, um, but I think fifth is attainable with the with the clubs that are in and around that, like the fifth, sixth, seventh. I think we've got the best players. Um, and I just think, I think I think we should get fifth. And then if we finish sixth, I'll be a bit like, oh mate, like it's annoying. But like fifth and sixth interchangeable, really, to be honest. Above um, Arsenal, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, just yeah, finish above Arsenal. That and that that that's uh, that's fine. But fifth, 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 fifth or sixth will be um, will be fine, really. But like obviously, like no, nah, I'm not even going to mention fourth. <laughs> fifth or sixth really if we beat Arsenal and beat Chelsea would you take fourth then that's how quick football can change like beat Chelsea at home which isn't outside yeah. the realms of possibility yeah. beat a poor Arsenal team they limped past Norwich at the weekend having lost three on the bounce if we beat them as well are they, would would your prediction change Rick nah Okay, no, nah, I wouldn't. No, nah, no. Nah, I, I just I think it's um, 
yeah, that was pretty uh, anticlimactic there, wasn't it? So... No, you're probably right, though. You're, you're probably right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, go back to the condiments. So, John, <laughs> what, what are you having mustard with so much? <laughs> uh, I love a ham and mustard sandwich, Rick. It's a I'm his ring, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah Crusty yeah, bread, yeah. buttered on both sides. Like, wallop. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. good. Good mustarding. Mm. I love mustard. I also like if you want to just go if you want lots of it, right? But you just like it's a bit bit much. Like say you're having a maybe a, like a ham baguette. I would um, just add a little bit of mayo and whip that through it. Yeah, yeah, I, I've done that as well. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna because you guys don't have to read the questions. Um, so I'm just gonna reel off six on the bounce that we got right, one, go. after one defeat. And bearing in mind the tone was completely different from when. Uh, you know, we won three on the bounce and we were top of the league. I'm not going to name any of the people because it's unfair. But um, these are, <laughs> you can, I, I guess what I want you to do is give me a response to all of these questions as a whole and then we'll we'll finish. Okay. Uh, Chris, Chris, oh, no, not his name, not his name. Uh, <laughs> why do the football gods hate us? What the flying fuck was that? Why can't we just attack? Why are we shit? Do you think Nuno should rethink his tactics and play more uh, attacking football? Why didn't we sign Potter? Can we stop playing Ben Davis as centre back? It's bullshit. Well, why didn't we sign Potter? That's uh, that's Chris in it. Old Miller, he he sent that in. No, it wasn't him. It was uh, I'll just name him Noah. But uh, yeah, going back to um, going back to all those. I mean, it's. It's kind of fair to be feeling that way, and to, to you know, it, hang on a second. It, do, those questions went out. Did those questions go out this afternoon? Are those coming, the answers? They're coming, to... Yeah, they're coming this afternoon. Right. Okay. I thought people may have simmered down by then, but obviously not. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, no, 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 no. They don't simmer no, down until yeah, we win. <laughs> uh, and that's fair as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that it's right that we can all uh, question uh, Nuno's tactics because what we've seen before. Um, it hasn't been that encouraging, unless I mean it, it, it all depends where you sit on sit on the scale and, uh, and where you want us to play. Like, are, are we more uh, attacking under Nuno than we were Jose? Are we more attacking than? Um, well, I haven't got another manager to go on actually, but just <laughs> where, where 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 you think where where you would like us to play. If you're basing that on a, another attacking manager, let's say Pep, are we, you know, how close to we to playing Pep style? We're never going to be playing Pep style of football under Nuno. Like, I don't know what, what, if you look at his previous clubs and a lot of people done analysis on it and stuff, it, it's never, we're never going to be playing that type of football. And he can be a little bit more progressive and offensive in how we play and how we set up and stuff like that. But it's, is it, is it ever going to be this kind of ticky tack of football that that you want to see? And like, what is it? What is it that you want? And how how far attacking wise do you think will be? Is it just that you want to see a little more intent? How how far is a little more intent? Like, I don't I, I don't really know how to answer any of those questions really. But it's it, again it's um again it's it's understandable the way people are feeling and what they've seen before and yeah. I obviously want to see us more, more attacking um, and set up our store to be more attacking as well. But um, I don't know how attacking we're, we're really going to see Tottenham under Nuno. And that might be the problem for people. 
Yeah. We are essentially like a, a local village gastro pub that has ambitions to become a Michelin-starred restaurant, right? And then we hire a new chef because the last chef really wasn't like knocking the socks off the roast. And so he's going, right, what have I got available? What's, what's, what's like on the menu? You go, well, we've got this absolute prime bit of meat, right? That's Harry Kane. It's, it's going veg. off. It's going Ro- off. Roast carrots. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got, we've got carrots and you go, oh, can we roast them? Yeah, I might have to boil them. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> have we got any mustard? Well, you've got to squeeze it out. There's not much in there. Right. And like, and he's going through everything. It's like, well, there's actually quite a few essential ingredients that aren't looking in the best shape. He's he's made them the same for the last two or three years, and it's going to be difficult to change it. Fundamentally, it take that chef a long time to put his own stamp on that roast dinner and for that roast dinner to end up getting results. And that's basically where we're at with Spurs. It's like we're just in the middle of a weird period where... There's still some deadwood in that squad. I don't care what anyone says. There's still players that need to go. We still need to bring some new players in. We've got good, talented footballers who we're not getting a tune out of. We've got players out injured now. We've got players that have been in some fucking mad, weird pandemic loopholes stuck in Croatia, wherever the fuck they are. That's all out of his control. The only thing he can control is like what they're doing on the pitch. And out of four games, he's won three. So we've, we have to like calm down. He's basically made us a pretty decent roast dinner. But he's boiled the carrots like Ricky does. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and do you know what? I, I, like, I, you're right. That's exactly what it is. You're going for a nice. Like I went. I went to a place in um, Bradford upon Avon. Right. If anyone lives in Wiltshire, there's a lovely pub called the uh, Bunch of Grapes. Um, go there. The food's amazing. And um, fuck, I'm thinking about a different pub. I don't want to throw shame on the Bunch of Grapes. Different pub altogether. I went to a nice pub right in Wiltshire somewhere that no one needs to go to again. Right. And um, I had this lovely meal, and they brought boiled fucking carrots out. So that's the same thing. It's that level of disappointment. It's like, fucking hell. Like, you've got everything here. Why are you boiling the fucking veg? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember whether I'm talking about Spurs or talking about my actual dinner now anymore. I've, I've lost yeah. the old uh, the metaphor there. Sorry, mate. No, it's good. It's good. I, right. I like this, uh, this, this, this food in Tottenham. It's good. Maybe, maybe we could bring in a... Uh, a theme every episode this has been condiments and roast dinners uh, uh final question is from s hart he says how is flav's nuno song going um not well gotta be honest <laughs> uh, i haven't heard it sung and uh you know it feels like 50 percent of our fan base hate him now so uh, i don't think you know i tried my hardest it's not going to happen i think that's been the fighting cop podcast thank you so much ricky and no John, your pair of legends, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. Bye, bye. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel shirt. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.